1: It's the most wonderful time in eight years. Yet some kids are protesting while Trump fans investing their time with good cheer. Sing, it's the most wonderful time in eight years.
2: It sure is the most wonderful time in eight years. Welcome to Unite, IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, the chapter leader of Act for America and Corona, a nationwide grassroots national security organization. And uh, are you getting the Christmas spirit now, Don? Oh, I, I, yeah, that
3: started on November 9th, really. It's still been a, it's, it's been a wonderful gift from the American people, and uh, I love that song, Most wonderful time in eight years. Great redo. And the the great thing about it is, is that you found something to replace what has now become our outdated introduction. And I've been gathering sound bites uh, to create a new introduction because, you know what? No longer do we have to worry about if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor or any of the other stuff that we've uh, been having to be subjected to over the past eight years.
2: I just get that talking Trump pen and we'll just just press that several times. (laughs) Winning. You're going to get so tired of winning uh, that we're going to win some more on Mm -hmm. top of that. And and, uh, as a Christmas present to all of our audience and to ourselves, we have Anne-Marie Morrell on the line with us today, and uh, she's the founder and CEO of Politichicks.com, and they have on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, they have been a great force for conservative politics, and particularly the female side of conservative politics. Welcome, Anne-Marie.
4: I am so happy to keep, be here with you all, and especially this time of year. My favorite
2: Oh it is wonderful and it's great
3: to hear your voice and folks will know you because you've uh, been at the several of the unite IE meetings that we've had out here, the conventions you got a great book what women really Want, and you know a very active website that people need to stay plugged into because you get all kinds of you've got great new authors uh, folks submitting articles to your page and uh, of course your Facebook page. We'll be giving folks all of those listings as we go throughout the show here with you.
4: Well, thank you. And I've got a new book coming out. I want to I want to make sure y'all know about that because it is all about activism, and it's a it's basically a compilation of politics articles over the years, and um, it's going to be kind of a ho- a how to how to become an activist, what you should be doing and it. And it goes over history and politics and Second Amendment and all kinds of stuff for for all those newbie activists out there who need to be involved. We we need all hands on deck. Well, not, it's, I mean, it's
2: so true. Yeah. It is so true. Is that uh, you know, the politicians and the media and the corporations and all the all the ruling class deserve all the blame they get and, and more? But ultimately, mm-hmm. the fate of the country depends upon the engagement and actions of the citizens.
4: Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, it, and just because we have a Republican president and a Senate and a Congress, that's that's even more reason to get involved and stay involved and we've got to hold our politicians accountable the mere the, the, the reason, I mean, just, just being called politician alone is enough for all of us to be on alert for the rest of our lives.
3: That is a great, uh, th- <laughs> that's great to hear, because uh, that's one of the things I've always believed, is that, you know, with the tailwind that we've got now with the Trump administration, my greatest fear was, like in 2012 and 2008, people who were activists or got involved in the campaign, I don't know if you recall when uh, the uh, When the rule came out about mandatory vaccinations, it it activated parents all across the state to go out and get petitions signed. And as soon as that failed, people just disappeared. And that's what we can't do. You can't disengage just because you suffer a defeat or two. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And oh, you've gotta, you yeah. just got to pace yourself and realize that there are going to be, particularly here in California, there are going to be struggles ahead. And, you know, California and, of course, you know, the Northeast, those are the two remaining bastions of liberal uh, Ideology that needs to be pushed back. Orange County, for Pete's sake, went blue. They voted uh, overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton, and that you know Riverside, we've gone twenty two thousand plus Dems in registrations. That needs to be corrected.
4: Yes, absolutely. And and I always say that that Republicans we think of of elections kind of the way we think of Christmas. We're excited about it right before. We decorate our yards with signs. We, we, we preach to everyone we can find and say, got to vote, got to vote. But the moment an election is over, we box everything up just like the Christmas tree, and we're like, oh, I don't want to see that for another year. We can't do that. The other side leaves their Christmas trees up all year. Of course, they don't call them that. But they, they are on campaign mode. 24-7, every single day of the year, we've got to remember we have to stay vigilant, just like they do. This isn't something that we can ever pack away again. And I think that was the downfall of the Republican Party before, that we, we let up our guard. And as soon as we stop talking, the only voice anyone hears is theirs. We can't allow that to happen again.
2: How do you think, uh, you know, turning nationally, how do you think Donald Trump is doing in his, uh, in his transition
4: Oh, I am so happy! I'm very excited about his his cabinet picks. Um, they, he's got some strong, strong people around him. I hope that some of them will will take away his fingers so he can't tweet anymore. That would be really great, really a, a good thing for someone to be in charge of. But um, for the most part, he's got really strong people surrounding him. That that if anyone had doubts about. Who he is, or the way he's going to govern, they sh- those doubts should be removed with almost every single cabinet member he's chosen.
2: Well, uh, assembly, assembly, some of them are, are obviously great choices: Mattis and Steve Bannon, and mm-hmm. even Ryan Priebus. I think he, he showed his loyalty, and he's a guy. He's a good organizational man that will be helpful. Will be helpful in the administration. Ben Carson over at yes. HUD, uh, this new mm-hmm. EPA a point and I'm looking yes. for the guy's name.
4: Scott, Scott Pruitt. Scott Pruitt. Oh yeah.
2: And of course you know what oh, you, know, yeah. and of course, you know, always tell the, the louder the liberals scream, the better the choice.
4: Oh well they they hate him because they're calling him the, the climate change denier. <laughs> well he's just a he's a climate change truther as far as I'm concerned. He's actually telling the truth about it and oh yeah, they are they are going insane over him.
2: Right. Now, and and, and,
4: and good.
2: Yeah, for all the stuff about fake news, I mean the, the global warming is the epitome of fake news
4: yeah well yeah
2: so
3: who, who, i'm just curious who is your favorite of, of all of the people that trump has brought to the parade uh, during this transition period Anne marie who is your favorite
4: well my favorite who is someone who's not going to be on his cabinet because she has chosen to stay with her four children and take care of things behind the scenes and that's kellyanne conway i i know her personally I was on a, a panel with her at, in, in D.C., National Security Summit, and um, she's a brilliant, brilliant woman. She's I, I worked with her on the cruise campaign. We were on the, the national – I was a national co-chair for Women for Cruise, and um, she was headed that up, and she's she's just really, really good at what, she's done, at what she does, and she isn't afraid to give her honest opinion and truthful opinion. The, the fact that he, that he brought her on because she's not a yes person, she, she will say no. That's the kind of, of leadership that we always need in politics. We need people who aren't afraid to say, no, let's go a different direction. You need to listen to the people. And um, that, that's the thing that I'm really excited about with, with Trump's campaign, that he's not surrounding himself with yes men.
2: I think it's important for, it's important for any leader. To be, yes. To have people around you that will say, S- uh, "Sir or madam, you know, you're making a mistake here. You're screwing up here. This is bad. This is the wrong direction." And yeah. we'll t- and we'll tell the leader. I mean, ultimately, the leader makes the decision, and you need to carry it out. But are willing to say you're making a mistake?
4: Right. Right. I think that's where we've messed up for so long on both sides of the fence. When you have, when we treat our politicians like rock stars instead of public servants, that's when we turn into, that's, that's, that's how dictators are born. That's when you put them up so high on a pedestal and you think they're the end all be all. The president of the United States has the final word for everything. No, we do. We do. And as soon as we lose track of that, that's, that's when countries go. Absolutely. I
2: we, we, need to, we need to take a break here. But I remember when um, Obama first came in, there was some MSM journalist who said Obama was like God over mm-hmm. the entire world. And cool. it, it, was, it was that level of, of adulation and uh, slobbering uh, love affair they had, they had with him. But it's now time for a word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, a place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with Anne-Marie Morrell in politics, California National after this message.
1: Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know, Ed, he's a good guy who'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020.
0: AM 590, The Answer.
4: This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer.
1: and at solicitation of Japan, still in conversation with its government and its emperor.
3: That was, of course, the speech given by the president of that time, Franklin Roosevelt. The day, December 7th, this week, uh, a day that those of us that have been in history classes, I guess, up until what, the past 20 years? No, as Pearl Harbor Day, the day we remember when the Japanese attacked us. And... The, the conversation starts here with uh, Anne-Marie Morell from the Politichicks had an article, uh, December 7th, 1941, the only color film of the per- uh, Pearl Harbor attack. This is a day that really marks something, uh, a- a- an incredible page in American history, Anne-Marie and Greg, a day when the United States came together like I don't think we've come together since um, you know, it took three and a half years from Pearl Harbor to defeat the Japanese. Here we are, 15 years from 9 11, a very similar sort of attack, and we're still waging a war on an enemy that we refuse to name. Uh, this day is December 7th. Real important. Thanks for the article. You can read that on com, Amory's website. Amory Morello of the Politichicks joins us for our show today. What are your thoughts on this, Amory?
4: Yeah, it's it's pretty devastating when you think that how 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 twisted they are turning. Even World War II, even the attack on Pearl Harbor in in colleges, and universities, and um, the, the things that kids are being taught about about that. Um, and it's also terrifying to me that yeah, we we were attacked on nine eleven. We've got an enemy who has declared open war on us, but not even the way that that the Japanese did on Pearl Harbor. At least the Japanese attacked a military base. These people, this, this ideology that, that is Islam, is attacking us in stealth sneaky ways. And and they're they're attacking women and children and, and anyone that they can kill. And and the fact that our country has been our our leaders have been in, have been in denial of this for decades now is is really devastating.
3: What do you think the answer would be if you went up to random uh, millennials between the age of twenty and twenty-five and asked them what happened on December seventh? What do you What do you think the response would be? This should be the topic of a man on the street interview. This should be something that be. goes out and does. What do go, you? Think? I mean, go to a
2: university, right? So supposedly yeah. educated people and ask what's the significance of December seventh? Right. Oh
4: well, that was the day that Hairspray was live on on ABC. I guarantee you that's what most of them would say.
3: Was
2: it it really?
4: Yeah, that was on on, um, Wednesday, yeah.
2: I missed that. (laughs) The 7th, yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Well, you know, know, Ronald Reagan said that uh, if we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. A warning of an eradication (laughs) of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going on, and not accidentally, deliberately by the people that run our government run K-12 and universities.
4: Yes. Yeah. I I think Donald, you, you didn't, I think you're the one that put this on Facebook, a a university, uh, orange something. Orange Coast college. Yes. uh, Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Where the teacher was, was telling the students how horrible it was that Donald Trump had won president and (laughs) that we're now under attack by terrorists or something just that's, what these kids are being fed every day and they're not telling people about it they're keeping that in their head so when they when they you know get older in their lives they still got those kind of words stuck somewhere in their mind and that's that's the most brilliant form of brainwashing that that this the progressives could have done to our Are
3: you? You know, a a distinct reminder of December 7th and the resolve that that put into the American spirit is anchored in San Pedro Harbor. Have you ever been to the USS Iowa? No. Oh my gosh, you got to go because here's a battleship that was built, designed, built, and Launched in a year and a half, the specs on this battleship are immense. You know, there isn't even a crane on the West Coast that can lift one of the gun turrets out of that battleship. It's so big and it's so heavily fortified. They had three redundant computers on that ship in case the bridge was taken out. The bridge itself was encased in a three-foot-thick steel uh, sphere, so that it could it, it was impenetrable to any armor, and that ship actually was used in up in in Desert Storm. It launched some of its it, it had the capability to reach uh, its guns could shoot missiles twenty six miles, and that ship was actually used uh, in Schwarzkopf's Operation Desert Storm. the The, the idea that we defeated at, totally, we inflicted total military, and this is important, ideological defeat on the Japanese, because they were they were a country and a people that was totally committed to the defeat of anything that was non-Japanese, you know, the stories of what they did in China, um, you know, of course, you know, the war that we fought and the hundreds of thousands of people that died in the Pacific theater uh, fighting that war. Um, would that even be possible today? Huh. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it,
4: it's hard to imagine, especially especially like what we were just talking about with the youth being conditioned to believe what what basically what Barack Obama has been saying for the last eight years, that as for example, Islamists are not a threat. That's a problem. We're not allowed to even e- express who our enemy is.
2: Right. And, and, and that's and that's important. But, but, but even more on a more fundamental level, they are never they are not learning the true history of the country. They're not learning right. these stories. I mean, people, yeah. humans are almost genetically designed to relate to stories rather than on December 7th, the Japanese attack. But but a uh, 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 stories of heroism and accomplishment, and th- it's, it's like the... Um, uh, Washington crossing the D- Delaware, and the men walking through the snowstorm with burlap bags on their feet, leaving a trail of blood in the snow to win a key yeah. victory in the revolution. They don't, they don't, they don't learn those stories, and it's like Ronald Reagan said, "If you don't know what we did, you don't know who we are." And they're taking that away, so we don't, ha- we don't have something to believe in on our side. Well, they're all racists.
3: Okay. They're, they're all, okay. All, okay. All, all those people are racists, you know. It's it's. Right. Maxine Waters took to the floor. Uh, I think it was the floor, but at any rate, she she was she was railing against the uh, Donald. How, how the don? It's up to Donald Trump and to rein in all of this rampant white supremacism that's occurred over the yeah. during the campaign and since then. And the alt right. It's just it's crazy watching the left go through backflips. We need to take a quick break right now, Emery. We will be back after a message from our sponsor
2: this afternoon. Hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation. It is a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. More with Anne-Marie Morrell after this message.
5: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower, two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you, and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, and listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., and again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., right here on AM590, The Answer. Licensed by California
6: DRE, broker license number 01147747, and California Financiers Lenders license number 603-K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603-K610, and MLS
0: 9873. AM590, The Answer
2: welcome back to unite ie radio the radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen and even though donald trump won and there's a republican majority in congress that remains as true as ever you have Anne-Marie Morel on the line of, the politi- of Politichicks.com, a great political leader and really bringing the women's side of conservatism to the forefront, because not all women are liberals, as some might have you believe. Welcome, Anne-Marie. All
4: right. and, you know, I have a lot of men that write for me, too, by the way. So it's not just the women anymore.
2: So,
3: <laughs> so theoretically, then, we could write an article for you.
4: I would love for you guys to contribute, yes. Oh, all right. What
3: kind of cereal do you, do you guys eat cereal at the uh, Morell household?
4: Yeah, not really. But if I did, I would not eat Kellogg's. Is that what you were leading to? I think (laughs) so.
3: What's up with Kellogg's? What's happening all of a sudden? Why are 400,000 people signing a petition to boycott Kellogg's, for Pete's sake? This is like a, this is like almost, it feels almost like boycotting apple pie. What's up?
4: Yeah. It's just, it's really sad that once again a corporation is not in touch with most of of the country. Uh Starbucks does that every once in a while where they will insult all of us so we stop drinking Starbucks. It's it's once they're just not in touch with their their con- with consumers. And it's a shame.
3: So I think all this started when Kellogg's pulled their advertising from Breitbart uh, website Mm -hmm. that uh, has definitely been a factor uh, in this election. Of course, Steve Bannon, who is now uh, on Donald Trump's White House staff, he was a key campaign advisor and he's transitioned over to what's his title now with the chief Chief strategist, senior strategist. Yeah. And this guy's got a history that is absolutely amazing. I did not know his history until Mm -hmm. uh, he actually came under fire. I didn't even bother to learn about it until afterwards. But, you know, he's 10 years in the Navy. He was a uh, uh, Goldman Sachs managing partner. Uh, He, with uh, Citizens United, built a couple of firm uh, of movies. Uh, So all of this is really surrounding the impression that Breitbart, Steve Bannon and 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 the like are part of a white supremacist white nationalist movement and I guess Kellogg didn't want to be a part of that.
4: Yeah. Well, and and Breitbart has over 45 million readers, 45 million readers. Uh, and so, yeah, they're they're dumping 45 million people calling all of them racist. And and it's it's really ridiculous because they've and now they've all seen what happens to companies that do that to us. We stop going to them. I will never go in Target again. I, I never in my life until well, unless they change their position on the bathroom bill. I, I just right. It's yeah. They, they are dissing so many people.
1: I,
2: I think was, for I, no reason. And I, and I fully support this, and we need to all band together. So an attack on any one of our part of our movement is an attack mm-hmm. on all of us. But right. the, by, by, by it's, I think it's a larger issue, and that is Andrew Breitbart observed and I, absolutely correctly that culture is upstream of politics. And in, in, the left has the Hollywood, they've got the universities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what we have is our wallets and purses. Mm-hmm. And I think, yep. I think it's absolutely essential that we bring that to bear whenever reasonably possible in service of the cause and in promoting the culture that we want to see. Well, I'll never go
3: to Disneyland again, and it's for more reasons than I can count. We are visiting with Anne-Marie Morrell here on Unite IU Radio, the program that encourages you to be a part of the solution, reminding you that... The most important political office in the country is that of private citizen. We'll be back with our second half hour and more with Anne-Marie Morrell, Greg Britton, myself, Don Dix, on the Unite IU radio program after the break.
1: Hillary's party's not hosting, they're no longer toasting. Beyonce, Kanye, cop killers. They ignored true stories of Hillary Who wasn't sorry for her crimes now and long ago Now it's the most wonderful time
3: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Program, the show that reminds you that the most political, the most political office for you to say. is a private citizen. <laughs> the most important political, maybe you'll remember it now. Now that I botched it, the most important political office is that of private citizen. We're visiting with Politichick anne Marie Morel, the founder of that organization. You can keep up with her on Facebook, Facebook com forward slash. Anne Marie Morell, and then also her website is dot com is dot uh, com. Anne Marie, welcome to the show. Back, thank
4: you. Happy to be here.
3: You know, we were talking a moment ago about Kellogg's, and uh, you know the fact that there are now three hundred thousand people that are four hundred, boy- up to four hundred. Yeah. Okay, so now it's up to four hundred thousand people that have signed a petition to boycott Kellogg. I want to get back to that, but first, I do want to mention that uh, this week. Uh, another name, and this is so sad because you know this greatest generation is we're we're losing people that were alive during such important history. Uh, this week, the passing of John Glenn, the first man in space. He was also a senator. Uh, did so much uh,
2: well, for well, the country. Te- well, he was he was the first American to orbit the Earth. There you go. Uh, he, he was not the first man in space, or even the first American. The first American was Alan Shepard, who did a suborbital flight. But does suborbit even count? Well, it it, it did not Not in John
3: Glenn's mind. (laughs) You got to get up there in orbit. Right. So very sad uh, to see him pass. So many of these people, um, you know, that fought in World War II. We talked about December 7th, the attack on Pearl Harbor. So many of that generation that was there uh, were losing them. And with them, you know, really the history of that, because my greatest fear right now, I think – Anne-Marie, Greg, tell me if you agree. I think we can trace every single problem that we have in the United States politically, culturally, ideologically back to schools, back to the university, back to the way that kids and even in kindergarten through 12th grade are being taught. Mm. Um, I believe you can trace
2: every single problem we're experiencing today back to that. That's part of it, but but it's broader than that. It's the culture that we talked about. It's the churches. It drives culture. Mm-hmm. It does, but but the schools are, are in part they in part drive it. They are in part a reflection of that. Mm. So that, that's, certainly, that's certainly part of it, a big part of it. But it's not. But it's not. But it's not the whole. It's broader than that. Well, when you feel when
3: when people like Bill Ayers, who is part of that movement in the sixties, bury themselves into the school, Bernadine Dorn into the university system in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, I think that if you had a balance in universities, we would not have that ideological divide that we have in this country today.
4: Oh, what do you, what do you if, think? If you, look the, the, if you look at the history of, of Columbia too, the Colombian school of journalism and all that, that, that has direct ties to communism, frankly. And, and most people don't, don't realize how that's kind of where everyone talks about. That was the epitome of the founding of journalism in America as we know it. And then when you look at journalism and, and reporters back in the day where we thought we could trust them like Walter Cronkite, They they were not. They were just as progressive then as the progressives are today. Only they were much more stealth about it. And when someone like Walter Cronkite said that's the way it is back then, everyone believed him. They believed it, and that was the period at the end of a sentence. We didn't question what we were being told. That's right. Same thing happened in universities. So yeah, I I think it was all a big, ugly mix-up, a mash-up of. communism, socialism ideals mixed in with universities and schools. And and journalism.
3: Well, and I know you follow the work of Trevor Loudon. Trevor Loudon, who just came out with the movie Enemies Within. Mm -hmm. He spent 30 years starting with in in his home country of New Zealand, documenting Mm -hmm. the advance of uh, the the communist and Marxist ideology in New Zealand, discovered that it was alive and well in America, came over here, studied it, dug into it and found uh, the roots of that came over here from from uh, Europe in the Frank expressed in the Frankfurt School here.
4: Frankfurt School. Yep.
3: And, and yeah. it just blossomed. And I, I think you're right. Their culture is an issue. But when you look at the way that these people buried themselves into, uh, like termites, into the entertainment world, into Hollywood, mm-hmm. I mean, Hollywood was, by and large, a very conservative place. I don't think John Wayne would have ever been able to do, if there was a John Wayne alive today, he would not be getting the roles and, and, and the uh, uh, recognition and the stardom that he got back then. I don't think people like John Wayne would make it in today's entertainment industry. They wouldn't make his movies either. Right. So, you know, this this transition, this cultural thing, you know, Trevor Loudon documents it that way. I just think the schools uh, do it. And now, you know, we we finished the last half hour of our show talking about this Kellogg's thing. Now, corporate America, it's 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 embedded in corporate America. Look at the way that corporations responded to the whole bathroom uh, kerfuffle in North Carolina. You had uh, not. Yeah, I would expect entertainers to do it, but you had sports franchises, you had businesses withdrawing, you know, their participation in events in North Carolina, uh, trying to inflict corporate, you know, economic hardship on North Carolina because they simply said we're gonna we're gonna allow our bathrooms to be used based on your biology and your birth certificate. Yeah. What's wrong with
2: that? <laughs> and the interesting the the same corporations uh will are happy to do business in Muslim countries in the Middle East where they are very repressive and sometimes they will kill homosexuals. They will Mm -hmm. not allow women rights. In Saudi Arabia, women can't drive. They have to be covered up at all times. Uh, And they're, they're happy to do business in those type of countries. They're happy to do business with and support Fidel Castro in Cuba As a dictator who has executed homosexuals and imprisoned people that dissidents, they're happy with that. But if in North Carolina you want men in the men's room and women in the women's room, they can't. You know, we're going to boycott North Carolina. So Kellogg Foundation here, you
3: know, they gave basically $310,000 to a California community-based organization called Causa Justa or Just Cause, which has connections to a group called Freedom Road Socialist Organization that promotes breaking the United States up into race-based nation states. This, this, this kind of money used by corporations, Anne-Marie, to promote these ideas is antithetical to everything America is.
4: Well, absolutely it is, but there are so many people right now who hate this country and a lot of that has been spearheaded by Barack Obama from the very start. Um, and now we're at this place where people hate the flag, where they hate patriotism, they hate the pledge of allegiance. They're kneeling at during the ple- during the, the national anthem. That those kind of people are being lauded right now. And and it's a it's a very it's a diabolical plan that is taking place right now. And we're seeing it with one of my favorite TV shows Fixer Upper on HGTV. Mm. Tip and Joanna Gaines, this yep. couple is being attacked, I mean just attacked because their pastor in their church is against same-sex marriage. And and they they have to do this. This is a battle between good and evil. It's it's light and dark. It's right. it's eliminating eliminating what's good and anyone who judges.
2: The left understands the importance of culture and that's and that's just the attack on the gains is it's just another aspect, another front in their culture war and we just need yeah. to understand that there is a culture war and engage in it.
4: Yes. Yeah.
3: And get our our churches to do the same. You know, there's only one. There's one great example out here in the Inland Empire of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, that has chosen to engage in the culture war, chosen to direct people that attend that church to engage in in the political area as well. And uh, so sorely lacking. We're visiting with Anne Marie Morell here on the Unite Inland Empire Radio Show, talking through this great. Right-hand turn that the nation has taken with the election of Donald Trump, President-elect Donald Trump. We'll be back with more thoughts about uh, the direction of our country. Anne-Marie has a new book that she's putting together. We'll talk about what that's about when we return here on the Unite Inland Empire radio show after a
2: message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this.
1: This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock
5: on AM 590,
2: The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Ronald Reagan said, if not us, who? If not now, when? He understood the importance of the citizens being involved. And just because Donald Trump is one does not mean everything is good because we have the whole array of leftists, liberal, Democrat forces you've been talking about, the corporations, the Democrat Party, the universities, the government-run schools, foundations, are all still arrayed against America as we know her and as we love her. My name is Greg Britton. We also have Don Dix, my co-host, and we are very pleased and honored to have Anne-Marie Morrell, founder and CEO of PolitiCix.com, joining us and giving her observations on the current situation in the country. We were talking about John Glenn passed away this week, great American hero, first American to orbit the earth, military man. And he became a senator. He was a Democrat. And there's two points I think that I want to make out of this. One is it shows the change of the Democrat Party from that of John Glenn and John F. Kennedy to Barack Obama, Nancy Pelosi, et al., Maxine Waters. Right. And the second is, during the 1960s, the the government-run program, NASA, did a phenomenal job of advancing the frontiers of technology and science in order to go from almost zero space program in 1960 to putting two men on the moon in 1969. And the level of technological challenges they had to overcome, we, we can't go into it, were just phenomenal. And Today, we, NASA doesn't even have a manned space program. Things, any kind of project takes many, many years to come up with a new rocket. You mentioned the battleship. They built the battleship in a year and a half. And now it's ten, five, ten, fifteen 5, 10, 15 years to come up with a new weapon system that may not even work. Right, there's the ship So complex. Right, they're, they're, this new ship they have. It just keeps breaking down. And it illustrates this change from an America that can do something into a, an America that can't Do something, and getting Americans
3: back to this idea that American can do something requires the grassroots, and that's something that you've been in touch with uh, for a long time, Anne Marie. In fact, you're now uh, motivated to to document this in a new book that you're working on. Tell us a little bit about how uh, you know we've gotten away from what's necessary to keep America great, as Greg talked about. To now, we've got to get people
4: reengaged. Uh, oh gosh, absolutely. I mean, it's. I, I, I think that that two words almost killed the Republican Party, especially, and that the, that was um, silent majority. We allowed other people to speak for us, and I think that once once Barack Obama came onto the the force, we we saw firsthand how quickly, how fleeting liberty really is. I mean, we've heard about it over the generations, but but we never saw firsthand how quickly it could be gone. So, yeah, this, this book is called "Politichicks: A Clarion Call to Activism. And um, I have writers who had never done anything in their lives politically, and then they, they ran for office, or they're, they're working in their local government. They're out there. They're speaking. They're doing radio. They do, they do what I do. Only they do it a lot better. <laughs> so I'm I'm focusing on these these wonderful men and women writers across the United States, and have compiled it in a book. And um, we go over every everything from Second Amendment activism, politics, uh, politics history, and and it's mostly it's a it's an it, I hope it'll be an encouragement based book that will get people to get out there and get involved and understand how important every single person is in this this battle to save our republic. Well,
3: you know, the Barack Obama administration, uh, you know, him getting elected, launched the Tea Party more or less. Mm -hmm. It was the Tea Party that came into existence after that famous Rick Santilli ran on the Chicago Board of Exchange floor. The The sort of modern day shot that was heard around the country Mm-hmm. Of the people that you know that are involved to some degree or another, whether they're uh, in journalism or whether they're on the gr- boots on the ground involved in activism, what percentage of those people would you say have gotten involved since two thousand and nine versus those that were involved before two
4: thousand and nine? Oh gosh, in this particular book, and I've, I've managed hundreds of women over over the years, and then now. I would say probably eighty percent of the people that that have written for me that contributed, most of them didn't do anything until until all of this happened. And and it's funny the Tea Party movement. It wasn't just born in one place. It was kind of an awakening across the entire country, where where people saw this and didn't know what to do and they wanted to do something. And and that's. That's how politics was born. I I needed to say something more than I needed to be able to express to as many people as I could what was happening and and try to help wake people up. And um, yeah, so most of the people that work that have written and worked for me never did anything prior to this.
2: Interesting. You made the transition. Mm-hmm. You, you were you were you were a liberal Democrat, and mm-hmm. somehow eventually the. Uh, difference between the real world and the facts, and your liberal vision of the world, got too much for you, and it broke through. It, it, it doesn't yeah. happen for a lot of people, but how can we make how can we make that happen, or co- help cause that to happen?
4: By just telling the truth. By by just I, I encourage people to just read. When what the first thing I did when I saw the light, and that's exactly the way I I say it, I it went. I emerged out of the darkness into the light. I started reading voraciously. I reread history books, civics books, government books that I that I had ignored growing up and and reread everything about the history of the Republican Party and the Democrat Party and it was I, I could not get enough. And um that that's what I've heard. That's the first step that so many people that's what they do. They start reading and relearning because you kinda of have to get deprogrammed when you've been a Democrat for so long. Because everything you thought you knew, you find out is pretty much wrong. And that's hard to say. Most people don't want to ever admit that. And, and you, it's not
3: easy. You know, this last election was uh, really a story of two different elections. One, for the country and one for California. Um, You know, I just had Assemblyman Mark Steinorth on the show uh, last week, and we deconstructed a little bit of his campaign because he's in a a district that is plus 7% Democrat. What that means is that the registrations for Democrats outnumber the registrations for Republicans by 7%. That's a big number, and typically that's not – the demographics of a district that a Republican is going to win, but he won, and it was a narrow victory and it was it lasted into the re into the uh, counting of the provisional ballots up until uh the middle of uh, a week ago, but he won because he successfully messaged the Republican beliefs and ideologies into the listening of the younger Democratic ears, the ears of people, the millennials, because his campaign staff was made up of people who were millennials and even high school students. And a big part of this is that we don't know how to talk our principles and our beliefs into the listening of the liberals. Um, you know How important a piece do you call, would you think that is in order to be able to reach across the aisle and even into folks that are disenchanted with the
4: Republican Party? Oh, I think we saw that firsthand with this entire election. We saw that that someone who wasn't even a politician at all was able to to reach millions and millions of ears. And people who were listening beyond some of the uh, craziness (laughs) that Donald Trump was saying, Mm -hmm. they they understood that the, the heart of what he was saying, that he loves this country anything you think about donald trump i i you know this man loves america and he he wants he wants to help it he wants to help heal and unite which is ironic that he's on the cover of times calling it the divided united states of america well it was divided long before donald trump came along i believe he's going to be the uniter Assume, but people have to listen. They have to listen to what's actually happening, and that, that's always a problem.
2: You certainly can't listen through the media right now.
4: Well, right, yeah. Right.
2: Time for another word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. More with Anne-Marie Morrell after this message.
3: CEO, founder of the PolitiChicks, and in our final segment, she's writing a new book called The Clarion Call for Activism, and this is something that we really try and focus on, the Unite IE radio program, is getting involved, you know, finding one of the many groups around the Inland Empire that are involved. In their community, involved in trying to push back on the crazy uh, policies and politics of the progressive left, what are some of the things that you found in your book in, in writing your book so far, Emory Things that folks that are listening can turn into uh, some activism steps that they can do right away. What, what would be some of your advice for getting involved? Easy things. You know
4: what? The, the first thing that I would what I, I would suggest is is start reading. It's like what I said before. Start reading. Go back and read, reread history, reread what civics. General, understand why we have an electoral college and what the difference is between that and the popular vote. Just, just do some some research of your own. You don't have to listen to the talking heads. Do your own homework. Find out for yourself. But also, once you've done that, get involved. Go to a meeting. Go to a rally. Go to CPAC. Go to some somewhere where you're going to hear different sides of the story that you've been told your whole life. But but do something. Don't even even if you're a democrat and you want to find out more about your party, I highly recommend doing that. Find out the history of the Democrat party and you may not be so thrilled with what you find. But but do something. Don't don't sit around and wait for someone to do it for you or to tell you what to do. That that's what I would suggest. Just get involved.
3: And you know what? Uh, like Barack Obama said, he had a phone and a pen. So does everybody that's listening here. You got a phone and a pen. You can either write something or call someone. Yeah. And I would, you know, one of the things I would suggest is, uh, I w- I would suggest calling the uh, uh, you know, California Assembly was sworn in on Monday. Uh, call call a representative from the California Assembly and let them know how you feel about this resolution that they passed calling for disunity that, rather than unity. Calling for, uh, which is a symptom of what we said earlier, this uh, professor at Orange Coast College that told her students that this election represents individuals who are terrorists coming into our, our office. You know, reach out to
2: them and let them know that you're silent no more. Yes. Well, absolutely, yeah. and uh, th- th- that you want immigration laws to be enforced. It's amazing here. We only have a few seconds here. But the California Democrats are literally saying, we want to support lawbreakers. We want to violate federal law. But because we're Democrats, we get to do that. Yeah. And it's all in the name of getting more voters. Thank you so much,
3: Anne-Marie, for everything that you do and for being with us here on the show so much, spending the hour with us and giving Thank our you. listeners the benefit of uh, some of your thoughts about this brand-new leg of history that America's embarked on.
2: Go see their website, oh. politichicks.com. they got great articles every day there. It's a great place for news. Thank you guys so
4: much. Merry Christmas to everyone, too. Hope to see you all at Unite Ie.
2: That's
3: right. We've got a conference coming up on April 30th. We'll be telling folks more about and uh, have a great
6: week. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All Star. For 20 years, Car Star, All Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is Car Star, All Star Collision. 951-279-9161.